Welcome to the Heart of Money podcast, where we discuss the impact that money has on every area of your life, and where you can learn to make smarter money decisions. Join our conversation as we discuss our past experiences, talk about how to make better money management choices, and in the end, make a commitment to being weird. Hey folks, welcome back to the Heart of Money, episode 77. I am your host, Austin Black, joined by the still bald, still youthful looking, and master of all things money, Mr. Bob Wessler. Bob, how are you this evening? I'm good. I mean, just thinking of the comment you made before we came on of being seeing how sophisticated we could be, and I'm we'll see how this goes. Sophistication, I don't know. That's that's a high bar. Well, I did just give you a master's, so now you really got to step up to the occasion. Yeah. Yep. I'll try not to run into How was it. your Thanksgiving? It was fantastic. I used a normal size plate. I got a normal size turkey. Well, it was smoked. It was fantastic. I'm going to throw out the sophisticated word of spatchcock because, you know, sophistication goes with a word like that, I guess. I still think you're if you don't know what that is. Up, I'll be honest. I, You know... Somebody made it up somewhere. It was passed on to me, and I would just say they butterflied a turkey. But maybe you can't call a turkey a butterfly, even though it's a butterball. So it's when you split the turkey on its back and you basically open the cavity and cook it so that it gets heat and you don't lose all that, I guess. You don't have that open cavity with a different temperature. I'm not a chef. I just eat the stuff and it was fantastic. So uh, how about your uh, Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving day was pretty relaxing. We stayed at home, didn't do a whole awful lot, cooked up a brisket. <clears throat> and then on Saturday, we went to my brother's and, and had Thanksgiving with uh, my mom's side of the family. So that was was a fun day and got to eat turkey and see family and play some games and I I am always all about eating plenty because I love smoked turkey or really any type of of turkey that's cooked the right way. It's not too dry. I just I cannot get enough of it. So I'll probably be one of those that has to watch myself here in ten years that I do stay with the standard eight inch plate and not go back for seconds and thirds. But while I can still do it, I'm going to enjoy it. That's all I can say. I I didn't have an oversized plate. I only had one plate, but I did have two cookies. So, you know, I, I went all out on the cookies and okay, the million so dollar pie. Out. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, you might as well just eat desserts million all the time. Dollar pie. Opinion, but yeah. What's this million dollar pie you refer to? It it's the name of this pie. Similar to a spatchcock, it's just million dollar pie. <laughs> Kind of like, what did somebody say the other day? Watergate salad. I had never heard of Do, do you do anything salad. normal with food in your household? I eat it. Stick it in the refrigerator. Put it in the microwave. Yeah, I'd, I'd say those are all normal activities. We just have fanny, <laughs> fancy names for things. Okay. Sophisticated. Well, sophisticated. Should, should I ask Remember. what the mashed potatoes and gravy are called? No, let's just leave that one alone. Uh, I believe they're called mashed potatoes and gravy. <laughs> Can I help? Making sure so it wasn't shake and bake. <laughs> no, let's see. Which did I help Just with? I, I peeled the. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I helped with the um, 
with a sweet potatoes with a special recipe that tasted better cold than it did hot. But did you add the sweetness to them? Is that what you're trying to say? I did. I stuck my finger in them, and then I put them to bed wearing their yammies. There's your dad joke for you. <laughs> but on ching, and on that note, yep. let's talk about some money. <laughs> <laughs> I got paid for that joke. <clears throat> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we are continuing. I guess we're not necessarily, we are continuing and we're also ending at the same time our series on mindsets and the financial journey that most all of us experience. The three phases that you are likely to encounter along the way, going from broke to comfortable to this week, we're going to talk about what your mindset's like whenever you're actually building wealth and you are secure and you are financially independent. That final element that everyone is searching for, looking for, trying to attain. Bob, I, I don't think that you and I are quite there yet. Maybe you are. I don't feel like I have quite reached that point, but I'm getting closer by the year. So this is this is a fun phase to talk about, especially to dream about. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm close. There there are times where I'm not completely completely at ease with where finances are, and things come up on occasion. But that's <clears throat> what you've got the emergency fund for. That I just have it sitting off to the side with the expectation that I never use it, but it's good to have. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think uh, it's the stage we're moving towards, and um, <laughs> I think a lot of stuff goes on autopilot because you've built the uh, or established the habits that you need to have in order to move into this phase. And yeah, worries are not as big a worry anymore, and, and things can be a lot of fun and more enjoyable than they are on the uh, other side of the coin. <clears throat> Most definitely. And, you know, thinking back to conversations that I've had with clients and even other people that, that are financially secure, I don't know that you ever really feel like you have got there because there's always an element of, you know, what if or what could happen. And not that that's from a standpoint of worry and fear and scarcity, but are you ever truly, fully financially secure where you would never have to worry about money as long as you lived for however many years? I think there's probably very few people that could say you know, they have achieved that level <clears throat> of, of financial security and independence. Um, you, know, you and I are both fortunate enough that you know, we have you know, very little if no debt. Um, we have good savings built up. We have investments. We have all the elements of a strong financial journey and financial, you know, achievement. And because of that, um, and I, I'm going to speak on behalf of you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I know for myself, um, there is a level of security and comfort and, um, confidence in where you're at to where you aren't worried about where the next paycheck comes from. You aren't worried about how you're going to get your debts paid off, how you're going to pay for the bills, how you're going to get through this month. You're confident because you are set up for the immediate future and you're working to be set up mm -hmm. for the long-term future. And I think that's probably a big distinction that we could say, you know, on our last episode, we talked about 
the mindset of whenever you're you're trying to attain that confidence, you're trying to attain that level of financial comfort to where you know that you're not set up for success, but you are you're getting traction and you're making momentum and and you're you're getting control of your money. And then you get to this phase <clears throat> where you are in control of your money fully and completely and now you are building up the security and the long-term independence that you need to, you know, retire and and have you know, plenty of assets, plenty of investments, plenty of financial security there. So I feel like that's kind of, of what this point allows us to look at is, yeah, we're not set for life right now, but we're planning and preparing to be ready for retirement, to be ready financially for when we don't have to work anymore and we can still be comfortable and satisfied. What, what's your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think of everything's at scale. You have people that mm-hmm. have lower income, but have ways and means of living within that income that they're doing just fine. You have people making much more than that, that are not living within their means and, you know, probably <laughs> making two to three times as much as that other person at the end of the scale. But that part of the person at the end of the scale might have as much in net worth as those people have in income. So you've got two different sides of the spectrum and it grows, you know, more money. I'm not going to paraphrase the 20 uh, <clears throat> year old rap song that, you know, that you're singing in your head right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had a, I didn't have a conversation. I overheard there was a, a young lady that was concerned about what her next move was going to be. Um, didn't know what to do with her life and was making a half million dollars a year. Was scared to death. Oh, man. She had $5 million <clears throat> in the bank. She had a paid for house. And she was not comfortable, didn't know what her next step was going to be because she was in her, I'm going to guess she was in her mid mid to late 30s, maybe early 40s, probably not that old. But she was so nervous. And she's got $5 million in the bank. You know, I would say that's a good problem to have. But she was just had so much anxiety because what she was doing is not what she wanted to do. She was getting paid very mm-hmm. well, which was the offset of all the anxiety she was having. And I think mm-hmm. um, after some discussion, she decided last I heard um, she was going to walk away from that half million dollar job because there was something that she wanted to do more. And she absolutely hated the job. Hmm. But she probably didn't need that much money sitting in the bank or the level of assets that she had. But for the area of the country yeah. she was in, it was it was scale. Um, you know, she could move a little bit more inward to fly over country and, you know, have the biggest house on the uh, <clears throat> county. Or, you know, within a tri-state area, depending on what (laughs) state you're in. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, but Gee, yeah, it's Liz. it's all a <clears throat> level of comfort, and you know, you start out as a numbers game. You learn how the numbers work. You learn how to make the numbers work in your favor. And then I think sometimes the hard part is figuring out at what point have the numbers worked to where I can set it aside and be comfortable and confident and not have to worry about these things. Cause that's kind of another aspect of this. When you move towards the third stage is you're getting past that point of concern to where you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. That's a big step. And I, you know, I was thinking about before this episode, what, what the biggest differentiator is in this phase compared to the last two phases, because as you and I have both said here, it's not that this phase gives you the mental liberty to not worry about money, to not be you know focused on it, to just do whatever you want. I mean, there still is a mental um, toll, and and not necessarily from a a overbearing sense, but just you have to be still managing and conscientious and making right decisions with your money in this phase. So thinking through all that, and what I feel like, you know, one of the biggest mindset components of this phase that we don't have in the other two is you do still have to manage and focus and and stay intentional with your decisions, with your management, with the forward momentum and progress that you're trying to achieve. But now you're not looking at the present you're looking at how's this going to influence my future? And, you know, before we, we were trying to just get consistent, you know, get out, get out of, get out of debt and, and get out of being broke and just have something there. And then phase two moved into how do we, you know, get comfortable, get confident, get in control. And, and now it's how do we maintain the the forward thinking, the forward progression, which brings a whole nother set of of thoughts and decisions and mental fortitude, honestly, <clears throat> because you have to you have to be confident enough in what you have that you can make a decision about what's next. Because that, that that's really what it comes down to is deciding you know, where your money's going to go or where you're going to, you know, where you're going to end up that forward thinking progression. And in my opinion, you have to be mature enough in your finances and in your behavior and in your management to not let that scare you. Like, like you say, you know, the lady that had <clears throat> half a million dollars, I mean, she was scared of where she was. And my guess is probably because she just didn't have the the bearings to manage that level of, of financial responsibility. You've got to have the mental fortitude and, and the financial maturity to take care of those big numbers. And even if it is, you know, a fraction of that scale, you know, even if if your income is you know a hundred thousand dollars or less, you know, you've only, you you're having got a million dollars, you know, saved up, you're, you're still 
trying to progress that. A million dollars is not a lot of money in today's economy. So do you have the mental fortitude to plan for a million dollar net worth or, or even above? But that, that forward thinking, I feel like that's really what separates this phase from the other two and why <clears throat> it, it it's more exciting, but it does come with its own set of challenges and and uh you know mindset shifts that you have to have to go into i feel like yeah the the two thoughts that come to my mind i know more than one or more than none at all i know austin you're you're kind of digging on that um i wanted to beat you to your punchline so the two thoughts that come to mind for me are (laughs) contentment and intentionality that phase two, you're already in a position of contentment with what you have and you're intentional with where you're going. So neither one of those two mindsets or characteristics really play into this third stage. I think the third stage, you have established your goals, you're on the path to those goals and you are at some percentage 60, 75, 95, whatever of that goal, you could be 105% of the goal, depending on what you're tracking. Um, and, and that's really where you get your confidence in taking the next step. Um, you don't have to think about it because your intentionality is already in place. You don't have to worry about being content because you're already in that mindset. So, it's not that you're going to go out and make big purchases, but if you are, you've probably already set aside goals saying, this is my next step and this is what I'm going to do. So mm-hmm. it's really that mind shift of saying, I have gotten to the point where I can take the next step and be comfortable in doing so. It's, what is it, the Indiana Jones, the the crystal bridge or whatever it is where he takes the step and doesn't know if it's there or not. Um, mm-hmm. but just the whole idea of being on a path, you have come so far. And at this point, because of the things you have done up to this point have prepared you for the next step that you can take that step. And it's kind of, it, it's not easy to begin simply because you've been on this path of accumulating or moving towards goals, um, in the process of saving in the process of uh, one of the things that came up about a month ago was living on beans and rice. Well, when you've got $600,000 in the bank, you can go to Applebee's, you can go to Ruth's Chris, you can go wherever you want and not eat rice and beans every meal. But that's kind of that mentality Mm -hmm. is that I started here. When do I go from rice and beans Chicken or turkey, a spatchcock's turkey. I'm going to see how many times I can throw that in on you. Because <clears throat> it's you just a weird that word one, somebody you? told me. Spatchcock. I I don't know. But it's a transition, and everybody has their own point at which they're comfortable with it. And it takes time, just like every other thing we've talked about. Every season has a time of change that takes a little bit of time to go. It's, and I think with this one, 
excuse me, as you get to this third stage, there's a lot of apprehension until it's behind you. Yeah. And you don't worry about it. Um, because you've gotten all those things in place, there's a comfort level that is very freeing. I'm thinking <clears throat> to your comment about, you know, getting accustomed to this phase. And I've heard Dave have several calls where you know, the person had got their debt paid off. They got their emergency funds saved up. And now they have the ability to build wealth, to live and give, <laughs> to be generous, to buy things for themselves. And they struggle with it because they are, they were so, ingrained with save, 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 you know, grind, grind, mm. <clears throat> a gazelle intensity, just like you said, the rice and beans mentality. And I know even, you know, we have kind of not to that level, but <clears throat> once we got the house paid off, it took a little bit <clears throat> excuse me, to realize, okay, we actually, it's okay if we spend a little bit more to go out and eat or it's okay if we, you know, spend a little bit more for us entertainment or it's okay if we spend a little bit more to do something fun as a family because now we have the ability to do that. And for the longest time, and I still am somewhat, was so focused on how little can I spend, how much can I save, you know, just being mm -hmm. very intentional, being very aggressive, being very, <clears throat> lean and mean and, you know, keeping everything, you know, as kind of be, being, a, being a tightwad, frankly, just because there wasn't a lot to do more than what we had to do. And then you get to that point where you do have the excess and eventually you realize, okay, there's actually, there is some satisfaction and some liberation and some enjoyment when I do... <clears throat> use money in ways that make things easier that provide a, a better option. That's not about the cheapest and, and the easiest, <clears throat> but it's about the, the return and the experience and these other things. So when you can get to that point, it's not as much about the money as it is about the result. In my opinion of mm -hmm. how can we use this money to achieve a, a, bigger result, a bigger outcome, whether that be for our own enjoyment, whether that be for investing, whether that be for giving, you know, what is our purpose now that we have, we're financially secure enough that we can afford to do these things with our money and, you know, not affect our bills, not affect these other areas. It really begins to open up the door for you to enjoy the financial element of more because it's not about the money. It's about that opportunity and that result and where what that money can do for you from here out, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you mentioned paying off the house. That's a big momentum changer because mm -hmm. it's not easy. I mean, if for some people early on in the journey, it might be easy to go through a house payment buying other things with that house payment. I think right. when you get to the point that you've got the house paid off and you have no debt, 
spending a house payment on other things every month is not necessarily easy to do. Now you can splurge <laughs> on some stuff, but, and I'm sure there's some people that right. have found the exact way how to take that exact amount of money that they were spending on a house payment and apply it to something else. But I mean, that's, there's a lot of security in that in not having that payment. Um, you know, it, it, people that are on the debt snowball, getting rid of those smaller debts, getting rid of a car note. Uh, we've talked about this before. When you get to a point and you're saying, I'm not going to do that again, that you realize how freeing it is and you don't want to put your, you don't want to waste your money in that way. You don't want to give it to somebody yep. else. So yeah, there's a whole lot of freedom in having that <clears throat> money in the bank rather than going to pay on something regardless of the interest rate. That is something that <clears throat> I wish more people could grasp that concept and that thought process. We've talked about it many times before in that there's so many people in, <clears throat> I would say our generation, um, maybe, generation before us and definitely the generation after us struggles with if I can afford the payments now, why not? Mm -hmm. Versus if I wait and save, what will happen? And that, that mindset in itself, if you can adopt the mindset of, and I'm not, I don't want to use the term delayed gratification because that's not really what I'm talking about here, but intentional management for the future. For example, mm -hmm. you know, my wife wants a new car right now and we could afford a car payment. Hands down, no question about it, we could afford a car payment if we wanted to go out <clears throat> and buy a new car right here, right now. We could use it. It would be nice, be beneficial, no problem at all. Or we could take that money and save very aggressively and three years from now go buy the same car. Obviously, you know, be it'd be a different year then for cash and not have the car payment, not have the worry of, of that, not have a, a five year note. <clears throat> I know very few people, unfortunately, that would take that approach. They would say, Well, I can afford the car payment. Why not go ahead and get it now? But when you think long term and you think in the future, it puts you in control of your decision and it allows you mm -hmm. to have that um, that mindset of what do I have to sacrifice now to accomplish something greater later on? Because if you get in, in that car note, <clears throat> what are you sacrificing for the next five years of that car note? Right. What, what is that five, money not free up to do? I, I, I recently heard that there was a nine year note available for vehicles, Wouldn't which surprise me. just makes zero sense to me. But yeah. I mean, heck, we got, we'll, we'll probably have 50 year mortgages before it's all said and done. So, I mean, why not have a nine year car note? <laughs> well, and for you to make the comment on being able to save aggressively where you're at borderline stage three because we're we're using a stage three stage philosophy in the discussion that we've had over the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. You being able to say, I'm going to save that money and buy in a few years versus somebody that is 
struggling to get by and needs a vehicle and is more likely to go out and if they have the means to do it, to purchase that vehicle on a note for 12 years, for nine years, for whatever time frame it is, <laughs> it's easier for you to delay that purchase because you don't have to have it right now. And you have created this, you've created a mental, it's not necessarily the mindset itself, but you have grown, you have learned, you have changed how you live, how you manage your money, how do you manage day-to-day -day finances, everything to where that's not even a concept that's hard for you to say, I don't need that right now. My opportunity cost for that mm -hmm. money, I'm better <clears throat> off setting it aside and purchasing the car later versus having to have it now. But a person in stage one is more on the desperate side of things and has to have that car now. Yep. The hard part of that is determining, do they need a 10 year old car? Do they need a six month old car? <laughs> do they need a car that's coming off the lot as a 2024, you know, and it's a different paradigm for people. And it takes yep. time 100%. to go from stage one to stage three, as we've talked about in the past few weeks. Um, but to that point, if for some reason you needed a car tomorrow, you could go out and buy it. My guess is it wouldn't be that one you're looking at right now, but you could get something that was a good car that would get you by that satisfied the needs that you need without having to save for three years because you're now in that position financially yep. to do so. <clears throat> yeah. That's where the freedom and comes from. That's that, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and that, that I think is where, where it really all stems down to, and you know, where your mindset has to be in this phase is most people in this phase, <clears throat> they have the ability to do more or less whatever they want, whatever they need for dang sure. And they choose to do a, a, a long, I would say a long-term decision, but they choose to manage their money for the future. They, they choose to make decisions that will benefit them one or six months, year, five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. I mean, everything that they do, <clears throat> to be successful in this phase is is hinged on how is this going to set me up ahead. So, yeah, I mean, whether that is going out and, you know, getting that car right now or saving three years, you know that this decision is going to benefit me in my next step, my next process. And I'm, I'm thinking about what do I need to do to move the needle ahead <clears throat> through through my money through my investments, through my saving, through just my behaviors, my actions, my decisions, my management, whatever I'm doing every single day is done mm -hmm. for the upcoming decision. And that's just, that's the epitome in my mind of where anyone in this phase has to be to be successful. It's thinking about your actions today dictate your results tomorrow or the next year or mm -hmm. the next decade. Um, having that, that concept, having that mentality, 
you will not fail, in my opinion, from that regard. Now, we may have differing opinions on how you manage it, <clears throat> you know, how, how you spend, how you save, how you invest, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're doing it with the future in mind and not the here and now as your forefront, you cannot fail, in my opinion, on that regard. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a mind shift from what what appearance you're keeping up. Are are you are you trying to look good? Or are you trying to do good per se? Um, yes, I know we go down a, another rabbit trail with this, but you think about the book, The Millionaire Next Door, or The Next Millionaire Next Door. They're not buying designer. They're not buying brand new. They have a lifestyle that provides what they need when they need for them and not to anybody else's benefit, but them and their family, which they are providing for. So again, that's the difference between a stage one and a stage three mindset is the three years, 10 years, 20 years of stage two Mm -hmm. to get to that point. Because you know, and, and honestly, Bob, how many people the, do you know that are in stage three, but and not in a bad way, they look and act like they're in stage one? Mm-hmm. If, if you if you know what I mean, yeah, you wouldn't know the difference. You wouldn't know the difference because they're not showing. I mean, you you you, you would because think they don't need that to. They are just exactly. <clears throat> I, I I love them. Um, um, you know, Chris Hogue used to have that that quote. Um, you know, he he's seen ladies dressed to the hilt that couldn't rub two dimes together, and he's seen guys yep. in overalls and work boots that could write a check big enough to make a bank bounce. I mean, you you got uh-huh. people that just they do not look like they got a lot of money. They do not act like they have a lot of money. They they act like they have nothing <laughs> because they are yeah. so diligent, so focused, so intentional, so future minded that that's what their pride is in is what they are doing for their family or for their own future. And they can care less what today looks like as long as tomorrow's taken care of. I try to be that way. I, I don't always succeed, but that is something that, you know, I always, I always try to, to embody is it's not about, you know, what you've got today. It's what are you going to have tomorrow if you do the right thing? Mm-hmm. It's a fun place to be in, my friend. It's a fun, fun phase, and it's where, um, it's where you get to really grow. I feel like it's where you get to experience the benefits of all your work up till now, of all of all the struggle and all the obstacles and the lessons and the challenges, and you get to really embody um, the experience and the opportunity that you've created for yourself by getting to this point. And, you know, as you and I are entering this phase, um, the future is what excites me personally. I think it's what excites a lot of people when they get to this phase is <clears throat> what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's almost like a game of how, how good can I make the future be by doing stuff this way at this point and, and by saving or by investing or by making these financial decisions, what's that going to make the future look like for me? 
it excites me. I, feel, I hope it excites other people that are doing that too. I hope it excites you. Um, cause to me that, that is what, <clears throat> that's what makes this phase so much fun is the, the journey to the future that you're, that you're bringing to yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and a big part of that fun is being able to help others, family, Amen. people in your community, <clears throat> the benefit of giving to others, learning, passing it on so others can do the same. There's a big benefit in that both personally and for anybody that you help along the way. 100%. Yeah. And we really didn't even get into that element, which I know we've talked about in previous episodes through our generosity series that we did, but you're right. Uh, If nothing else, and this is a true statement, if nothing else, being in this phase allows you to bless others and allows you to create a better opportunity for for anyone that you come in contact with. So yeah, you're exactly right. That is beyond yourself. That's what really brings fulfillment and satisfaction to this phase is being that for someone else, I think. Fun stuff, man. I mean, it's, it's exciting. <clears throat> I hope that we inspired everyone to have their right mindset in each of these areas and Folks, if you are still in phase one or phase two, this is what you get to look forward to in phase three. This is what you get to anticipate. And, and I hope that when you enter that phase or when you, when you approach that phase, you can begin to develop the mindset that will allow you to succeed and to enjoy it and to create an experience and an opportunity for yourself, for your family, for those around you. Um, that is second to nine because that's ultimately you know, our, our objective is to leave, leave something better for those around us than, than what we had and what we have experienced. And, um, phase three is just that. So <clears throat> if you want to help getting to phase three, you, you can work with Bob or I, we can, we can help you understand how to overcome phase one and phase two and get to phase three and begin building that wealth, begin <clears throat> enjoying that money as as God intended for you to enjoy it. And it's a lot of fun to do that for sure. Any other, any final thoughts, my friend? I I think you have summed it up well. I think we covered a lot of ground and there was a lot to get through. And we didn't necessarily cover all the exciting parts, but it's that point of getting <laughs> into the phase or the stage. And it's different for everybody because it's a different path for everybody. It's a different way of getting there. It's all in the same type of order, but the time frames and the circumstances are different for everybody. And the enjoyment is also different for everybody. Um, and here's to, to each and every one of us, uh, along that path and, and those that we bring alongside of us and future generations to come. It's a great ride. Amen to that. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in, for being a part of this great conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts on where you're at and where you want to go with your money. Feel free to to drop us a line on on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email or hop on the website, leave us a review, do all the stuff that you know will help us grow and spread the word. We appreciate having you, and we'll see you again next week on The Heart of Money.